what I was saying is a culture that thinks that comic books and comic book movies are profound meditations on the human condition <laughs> is a dumb f***ing culture. All you have to do is sit back and make an educated comment about what they really are. And if your dumb ass had actually went on the internet instead of writing this fucking blog. Yeah, I don't know why someone as intelligent as Bill Maher would say something so fucking juvenile. Oh, like, I love Bill good. Maher, but yeah. God damn it, boy, that was fucking awful. And it was, it was so, like, short-sighted and obtuse and and it makes us all look bad. There are no great lands left to conquer. There are no jungles left to explore. There are no great discoveries left to find. To many people out there, that's kind of how they view life. Comic books, video games, television, movies, it gives them an escape. Shame on you, sir. <laughs> Laugh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow, if, if I'd only known it was that easy. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? Stone's Weekly Dose. Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you. Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. And note to self, don't watch television shows, movies, and comic books that are designed for children. Jeez, oh, I'm sorry, getting ahead of myself. I meant don't die. Welcome in, everybody, to the supposedly for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air podcast. The final one for November. It's the weekly dose for the 28th of the 11th month of the 2018th year. Where the hell is 2018 gone? A lot of times I'm not looking forward to doing a show today. I kind of am. It's going to have a little bit of fun, a few different things here, nothing too overly important. Nothing really all that important at all, to be honest with you. The typical three-segment layout for this week's show. I'll fill you in on what's coming up in the final two segments here in just a couple of minutes. Last podcast before Main Times 24, one of my favorite days of the year, very well might be my favorite day of the year. If you have never been, you need to go. It is quite the celebration of the south side of downtown Chattanooga. They've been doing it for well over 10 years now, might be up to 12, 13 years. Not really any secret to anybody anymore that the south side is the, uh, the place to be in downtown Chattanooga. Go down by the river. Even go on the North Shore and see how bored you'll get or how many kids and, you know, families you'll run into. It's awful. I mean, there's still plenty of good eating down there on both sides of the river, but it is not where somebody in their 20s, 30s, or even 40s wants to be unless you're pushing a stroller around and, you you know, you're eating cotton candy or something. Then I guess it works out pretty well for you. But Main Times 24, the first Saturday in December every year. Um a reminder for anybody who might be here for the first time or who has forgotten, uh, this is this is going to be an example of the first, well, the middle segment anyway, of a very anecdotal segment, meaning it's pretty much just about my life. And that's what this whole podcast, generally speaking, is. And so if you are in my life, then there's a very good chance at some point you could be uh, show material, you, should, you could be fodder, for, for better or for worse. And I usually... I usually give people a heads up on that, and I will never go too uh, personal in anything that is, that needs to stay personal between whoever it is, me and other people. Those things stay safe, and anything that's ever given to me off the record absolutely stays off the record. But if, if we're doing something and something wild or fun or dumb or hilarious or scary or dangerous happens, there's a very good chance it could end up on this show. And the second segment of the show, so I'll go ahead and lay it out right now, is going to be my, not play-by-play, but just my recap of my Thanksgiving weekend. And I am going to be best show ever guy on this one. This was the best Thanksgiving ever. Absolutely, positively, slam dunk. There is no close second. Why? 
Well, because I haven't had a hell of a lot of memorable uh, Thanksgivings in my life, and this one will stick out for a long, long time. It's not that wild, but it was uh, it was pretty fun. It involved, it involved um, the, the coolest Uber ride I've ever had in my life, uh, cops coming to house parties, and uh, and drinking and hanging out and doing something that I have never done in 38 years of being alive, or well, I guess more specifically, 20 years of being adult. I had never done something that I did this past weekend. I'll get to that in the second segment of the show. In the third segment of the show, a combo look back at what Bill Maher said, as you heard on the front end there, dogging out uh, comic book nerds, and I just thought it was hilarious. And also, to combine into this, just kind of looking back on that from that story last week, my uh, quick run-through of how I got temporarily, not completely banned, but restricted from Twitter over the Thanksgiving weekend as well, where some of the functions were were um, were closed or, or were shut off for, for uh, 12 hours because of some potentially abusive tweets that I put out, and I will lay that out in the uh, the front end of the third segment of the show. In the open segment here, I am going to talk about the changes at WUTC, Panhandle Radio as I call them. Not a big fan of the overall radio station and I'll re uh, I'll reset all that and uh, talk about the things that have changed. It really actually is telling the lack of of uh, traffic and chatter on social media as to how many people actually care. But um, I'm going to uh, venture down that road here in just a minute. The first thing, though, I want to say real quick as a warning, probably should have said it the minute I got into the show, this will be the most vulgar show, obscenity-filled show I've ever done. I try to keep that kind of stuff to a minimum. At first, I didn't want to do it at all. That was just old radio habits because, obviously, that's something that is a big, huge, huge, finable no-no in that world. Now that I believe that, just like I believe when I watch TV or movies, I will only watch R-rated things because uh, life is R-rated, and I don't want to see a uh, cleansed, sterilized, uh, not real version of something when I'm trying to be entertained. So I think leaving the uh, vulgarity in helps make for a uh, better story to tell or a better better conversation to have because we're all adults here, right? I mean, I guess there could be some children listening, but I sure as hell don't know why. I'm not sure where the uh, the entertainment value would uh, would be there for uh, a child, but if your kids are in the car or in the room or wearing your headset or whatever, there will be more language in this one than normal. So let's start off with WTC and what they've done. Again, I, I'm I'm I'm. This is a dangerous topic because I don't know how many people care, but I I care because it's a change in the media landscape, and that's always uh, interesting to me. So what has happened over the last couple of days is they have fired two or three different people or laid them off anyway, and I feel bad for anybody losing their job in any setting. Um, I've it's happened to me, and it's devastating. I mean, it is quite devastating, especially when you're in a field that you are so passionate about. So I don't want to I don't want to act like I'm I don't care about that or being flippant about it. But what they've done is they flushed out some people who really aren't all that good at what they do anyway. And so I, I think that the programming is technically going to get better at WUTC because WUTC's programming sucks. It's terrible. Their music, more late mornings, music afternoons is, um, I'm sure there's some good songs played every now and again, but it's hosted by Talentless Hacks. Yes, I said it, Talentless Hacks. And, um, and the night program by a guy named Cleveland, who I know people who have told me is just the nicest guy in the world, and I'm sure he's, I'm sure he is, but he's, he wasn't any good at his job. And if you're not good at your job, you shouldn't keep it forever. If you're not ever going to improve, then someone, somebody's going to move on without you, and that's what they've decided to do. More on the, uh, on, on that coming up here. But this is from uh, Times Free Press. Dave Flesner is the guy who wrote this piece. WTC shifts programming in January to cut expenses. This is from the station manager at WTC. I think he's a new guy. Quote, if you look at our ratings for the past several years, our music programs have not been performing as well during the day, and that has been to the detriment of our talk programs like All Things Considered and Morning Edition, said Brian Lane, station manager at WUTC. There are not many formats that work well when you switch from talk to music and back to talk. The goal is to make all of your programming talk during the day and offer music at night. The staff cuts were basically $200,000 that the school was giving 
the uh, giving the radio station every year, and they want to cut that out. And so if you get rid of three or four salaries and and however else you you can cut here and there, you can get closer to two hundred grand. It's going to take more than three or four salaries, but you get my point. Quote, it's been an effort since I got here to help bring the station into a more financially self-sufficient operating mode so the school can use the two hundred grand a year of funds for other programs on campus. WTC is still a great link for the university with the community, and we will continue those efforts. So WTC-FM will still air music, but it'll be from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. every day. And the afternoon show, the legendary, I'm using air quotes, Richard Wyndham, and his his show that was from 3 or 2 or whatever the hell time was, I never listened to it, they'll move that from 7 to 10. I'm sure he'll record it during the day. There will be no changes to WTC FM HD HD2. I would be surprised if anybody listening to this had any idea what the hell WTC FM HD2 was. I barely do. And the final thing here from the program director or the station manager, I think more excuse me, I think with more consistent programming on the station during the day, we should be better in attracting audiences and serving the public. The, the push in the future is to have more public content by getting more students and public involved. Now, I don't believe that at all. I think that's an absolute lie. There's no way that WUTC is going to get more of the public involved, except for when they sell those DJ for an hour, which is just some of the most direct, awful radio you'll, you'll ever hear. And there's always been complaints that they haven't used the students enough. Now, maybe they will use a little bit more of that. But again, that is bad programming. So if the idea is, because I'll go back to this, where it says our ratings have shown, first of all, I'm not even sure that they're in the book, the Nielsen ratings book. I've never seen them in there. Of course, I don't have those numbers in front of me all the time. I have a feeling he's even making that up so i'm not a fan of wutc at all not even a little bit i am going back to the jackie helbert thing where and the todd garden hire a state senator who had who threatened to have funding pulled if they didn't basically fire one of their reporters if you remember that story from last year i have her on uh, I think it was March of 2017 to tell the story. So I'm not going to bore people who are regular listeners with that reset. But ever since that bullshit move and the strong arming from uh, local politicians to the university, to the school, to get a girl fired who was just doing her job and not to mention a really good job. Yeah. Screw Panhandle Radio WUTC. Now, I do like NPR programming, so I do listen um, it, but the, the the flow of the radio station for the last however long they've been doing this uh, back and forth music in the late mornings and afternoons and then the NPR kind of threaded throughout the day is some of that most half-assed, sloppiest, laziest, bullshit way of putting together programming I'd, I've ever heard potentially on, on a big wattage radio station. It sounds like a bunch of damn amateurs like we have so often in this town, the celebration of media. Mediocrity. And that brings me back to the people that were fired. I'm not trying to, please understand, I'm not trying to badmouth these people as individuals. I'm just judging them on their performance in the industry that I am very well versed in. Most of them weren't any good. The guy on late morning, uh, I don't remember his name, two hours, they call it morning music. Sometimes there were some good songs, but it was so eclectic, it was boring. I mean, you can't go from one extreme to the next and keep an audience. It just doesn't work that way. It's good to be different than the average radio station. I'm totally cool with that. But when you're so eclectic that you go from like Indian music one second to some kind of you know mid- Middle Eastern something other to, to rock and roll the next, it just doesn't hold an audience and it doesn't work. And I don't blame them for wanting to get rid of it. And on top of that, the guy who hosted the show wasn't any good. Let's jump to the uh, to the nighttime where the, I actually did like the music played and I listened to it pretty regularly. The guy was named Cleveland. He has similar music taste to mine, so I actually did like what he did and what he played. The problem was he sounded like he was on his third day at college radio for for t- 10 years. The guy never got any better. He did nothing fundamentally correct. He did nothing that you the, the things you're taught in in broadcast school or your in in whatever training you're in the shit that is taught the first day the first week the first month the first year he never got any of it none of it and I have a real well I'll come back to that hold on so let me get to Richard Wynnum the, the 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 jewel of the of of the city of Chattanooga the guy from England guys who, whose British accent has only gotten thicker as he's lived here for 40 years. Like, dude, we get it. You're from England. 
You can talk a little bit. You, you'll pick up a little bit of the uh, the slang around you, would you? Well, all the rest of us did. We're not all from here. Anyway, the guy is the most unprepared radio uh, broadcaster in this city. He coasts in every day, plays some music, has a, and to his credit, has supported the local scene for a long time. That's why a lot of people like him, and that's fine. He has supported the local scene many, many times. But there was even one time in particular where I was texting Nick Lutzko while he was in there, and I was like, is this, is this guy for real? Does this guy have any idea what he's doing? He didn't know any information of what the show was coming up that he was promoting. He didn't ask any questions that had any real answers. He res- he responded with just, at times, mumbling. It, it was awful. Just plain awful. And it goes back to like how much I dislike Leslie Dale and how much I love this profession, the media perfection, profession, television, uh, print, radio, new media. If you have, if you're lucky enough to have one of those, what I find to be just such a valuable and cherished uh, kind of position, and you you have that kind of powerful um, uh, position in your hand, and you don't take full advantage of it, I think you you owe it to all the people out there that could do the job probably better than you and who are craving for a position like you have. You owe it to all the rest of them and to us and all of us to do your best and to get better and to work hard and to do the preparation and don't just coast in and don't mail it in and don't bullshit through it and don't act like it's some kind of throwaway thing you need to get out of your way so you can go home. That is offensive to me. I mean, I might be sounding over the top and somebody's saying, dude, pipe down, slow down, shut up. It's just a radio show. I'd like to think that if in other people's industries, in the education industry, people would say the same thing. You've got that great position there, and you're half-assing it, and that's not fair to the rest of your colleagues. I'd like to think in the law enforcement. I'd like to think in in uh, whatever it is that somebody sees somebody in a great position, an enviable position, and you take it for granted, and you're not any good at it, and you don't get any better at it, and you act like you don't have to. You know what, buddy? Screw you. That's offensive to me, and it should be offensive to anybody else in those circles. So I've always listened to those programs and just been like, this is so amateur level. This is Bush League. This is not fair to all the people in this town that I know that are incredible communicators and broadcasters. I know so many of them out of work. I've been one of them myself. And so I, so no tears shed over here for losing those crappy programs in the middle of the day and moving towards network uh, nationally put together NPR with a professional product, which I don't care if you like what's the, the words coming out of the speakers. That's not the point. At least the production is professionally done, and it doesn't sound like a bunch of kids, students, and children who don't know what they're doing, like what WUTC sounds like. And the thing there is, you might be like, hey, man, they're just kids. Lay off. That's the thing. They're not kids. They're paid quote-unquote professional broadcasters that run a station that sounds like a bunch of people who just got hired the other day right out of uh, right out of high school and they're most of them had been there for years it's not okay to suck at your job and wutc was right to move along from those crappy shows now they didn't do it because of that they're doing it to save two hundred thousand dollars and screw wutc as well and of course Richard Wynnum gets to keep his show. Technically, it's just going to air at 7 o'clock at night. So he gets to keep his boring-ass show. He'll probably do it in the middle of the day. And he'll still promote music. And he's, you know, I'm not mad at him. I'm just frustrated that somebody like him has such a strong uh, position and doesn't take advantage of it. And he's been here a long time. I don't know his backstory. I think he might be a professor I don't know, and I, I don't really care. And some people are going to be pissed off if they hear that I'm talking smack about Richard Wyndham. I'm not really meaning to do that. I, not the man himself. He's probably fine. But the guy absolutely sucks on the radio, and he doesn't try, and it's offensive to me. All right, so th- we'll put the wraps on that right there. Coming up next, my four-and-a-half-day Thanksgiving weekend was the best four-and-a-half days over Thanksgiving weekend I've ever had. It includes Uber rides, police cars, parties, and one thing I've never done before in 20 years of being a legal adult, and I'll get to that next. Stone on Air will be right back. This is cool. Stoneonair.com.
if you don't at least listen to Alice's Restaurant once a year around Thanksgiving, I feel you're, I feel bad for you. You're missing something in your life. If you've never done it, start that tradition. And if you haven't in a while, pick it back up. This song is called Alice's Restaurant. It's about Alice and the restaurant. But Alice's Restaurant is not the name of the restaurant. That's just the name of the song. And that's why I call the song Alice's Restaurant. Those of you who know, the song's not really even about Alice's Restaurant. It's about the draft. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Walk right in, it's around the back, just a half a mile from the railroad track. And you can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Of course, an 18-minute song. Now, it all started two Thanksgivings ago. It was on two years ago on Thanksgiving when my friend and I went up to visit Alice at the restaurant. But Alice doesn't live in the restaurant. She lives in the church nearby the restaurant in the bell tower. With her husband Ray and I gave it one good dog. listen. It was on Thanksgiving night, I believe, late, late in the middle of the night, and I uh, introduced a song to my now girlfriend, and her name is Brittany. And I will just say that the big reason as to why this weekend was so good was because of her. Um, it's this is something I didn't know that I really even needed until I got here, and uh, it's pretty darn cool. And I'll leave it at that, and I won't dwell into that all that much. So, let's see, where does this weekend start? Well, it starts on Wednesday. She comes over, we watch a movie, lay around on the couch, pass out on the couch, get up the next day, head over to my parents' house, and um, that's pretty traditional, except for this year, instead of doing moms and then later doing dads moms and dads got together and we had most of the family in as far as brothers and sisters and uh their children which are all under the age of four and a friend of theirs with a kid under the age of four plenty of food and Brittany came along and we all got along great there have been thanksgivings where we have not all got along great it was really really nice so if the Thanksgiving weekend or Thanksgiving just that day ended right there and took it to the house and that was it. Well, that was already going to be on the list of one of the better Thanksgivings because everybody enjoyed themselves uh, quite a lot. Later that night, let's see. Okay, now this is where this thing gets a little uh, a little nuts. So we go to what is, you know, you've seen out there. It is very uh, trendy now, the Friendsgiving thing. And I've never done that before. I mean, I've gone to people's houses that were doing parties. But now these huge potlucks that are just basically another round of Thanksgiving dinners that, that go full out. And I didn't realize people were doing these and, and being so serious with it. And so we went to one way out in Red Bank. So we leave East Brainerd. We come back to my house. We, we've been, we had a little to drink, but no, it's just evening time. It's all good. But we know we're going to be doing plenty of drinking out at this party in Red Bank. Now, I don't know if I'm going to know anybody out there. I think that I, I might have thought I was going to maybe know one or two people. And so we call an, uh, an Uber, and it's a long ways away. And her name is Beverly, and the car she's driving is a Dodge Caravan, black Dodge Caravan. I'm telling you that because if you ever see a Beverly with a a black Dodge Caravan, make sure you take that Uber because I thought about canceling it because of how far out it was. The main reason I didn't cancel it is because I still wanted to finish my drink, so I didn't really care that she was that far out. She gets to the house, and it's it just it's like a glow from down the road. I'm like, what the hell is that? She pulls up into the driveway, and on the inside of this Dodge, you know the, it's like, it's almost like a, a flat, ta- look, almost looks like tape, um, LED lights, real thin, and not like the rope lights. And the entire car is is wrapped up all on the interior with these LED flashing lights, like all on the ceiling, all over the uh, the backs of the seats, all around the, uh, the the doors, all carefully put up as decoration. In the middle of the uh, of the between the two seats in the front of of the of the van, there is a spinning mirror ball, 
There is also this little thing you put your cell phone in that makes this water dance around. We need, we couldn't get it to work. There's a huge tub of candy and literal karaoke machine. Literally a karaoke machine with a micro, microphones and a small speaker. And on the backs of the two headrests for the middle seats is a, is a monitor, is a screen that when you pick your song, just like you do karaoke in the scummy uh, redneck bars... Same deal. Here's your words. Sing along. I am absolutely dead serious. I was blown away. This was so freaking cool. We had a long ride to go, too, so I thought that was cool that we had a good Uber. I would have hung out in that damn car for for hours. We have gin and tonics with us. We have a tub of food with us. Like This is a party in itself. And so we take the ride. We're talking to Beverly. We're she's uh, Brittany singing songs. I'm just you know laughing it up, Snapchatting and Instagram and stories, and just thinking, wow, what a f- what a fun start to this Thanksgiving weekend. By the time we get to where we're going, a lot of people had trouble with these inst- these directions because they had one road that had a different name that had just recently changed or something like that. We couldn't find the damn place. Well, Beverly spent. All this extra time driving us around trying to help us find the place. She didn't have to do this. She's not making more money by doing this. And she got a healthy tip. She got about 10 times more tip than I'd ever give an Uber driver. So I made it worth her while. We finally find the place and we go to the party. And I don't know anybody. So there's a lot of small talk. I'm going to introduce you. Hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? And of course, I recognize that guy and that girl and that person. And oh, yeah, I remember you from that time. So it's okay. But I've got plenty of gin and I'm drinking and sitting around the fire. It's all good. Next thing I know, I hear a big smash, like a car hitting somebody. Uh, I think people were moving cars around and somebody hit somebody, uh, you know, purely on accident. I never really quite figured out what was going on with that. Um, a lot of people were, uh, it, it seemed like on drugs. So there was a lot, I mean, everybody was well over age, right? I mean, everybody's in their thirties at least, or at least mid twenties. So I'm just sitting there like, well, this is no good before you know it. The cops are there and now people are really freaking out. Uh, several people were running over like, Hey, hey y'all run over there. Go ahead. I'm like, dude, I'm not running over and hiding anywhere. <laughs> I Ubered down here. I got a cup of gin in my hand, and I'm 38 and a half years old. Not really concerned about what this cop is doing here. Um, but okay, since you're freaking out a little bit, I'll walk over here. And, you know, nothing really came up of it. I don't know. Then there started being rumors of why they're, oh, well, hell, actually, take that back. At one point, I did see the cop with using his light shining it in somebody's face, almost like, hey, are you, you know, what do your eyes look like? Never really figured out what that was all about. So, Crazy Uber ride and a house party where the cops show up. It is not exactly my average weekend anymore at this point in my life. So we wrap that up, head back to the house in an Uber, stay up late, listen to Alice's Restaurant and watch stuff, listen to stuff, whatever else. Then I have to go to work on Friday. Absolutely sucked. So that was the worst part of all of it. Didn't do much of anything Friday and then into Saturday went over to Brittany's house to meet most of her family. I'd kind of met them before, but not really. So I didn't know exactly how that was going to go. Go over there. They're watching football, plenty of food. We're not there all that long. I'm out in the yard, kids running around. Hey, you want to play kickball? Yeah, sure, I'll play kickball. Uh, I step in dog shit. <laughs> then I walk into the... Uh, nobody knows this. I didn't tell anybody. Uh, unless someone noticed and was just nice and didn't say anything. Walk into the house, sit down. I always cross my legs over. Look over. Oh, my God, I got dog shit all over my foot. <laughs> walk back outside. Uh, I can't get it off, so I'm just walking around in the grass, kicking my shoes around into the asphalt, trying to you know get it to where I can walk around in the house and not be you know embarrassed myself or whatever and we're not embarrassing but you know what i mean so we finish that up and uh go let's see what do we do saturday oh yeah so saturday we i head out meet a handful for some beers while she went and did something else then we went to another friendsgiving in north chattanooga man and another incredible freaking spread every single thing you could possibly want and uh, all you can eat all you can drink did that for a little while Came back to the house once again. One of the, had another Thanksgiving meal that couldn't be beat from the uh, Alice's Restaurant song. Crashed it out, you know. Stayed up late as always, and then woke up really late on uh, Sunday, the final day of this stretch, and went and got already had it the artificial nature. But for the first time in my life, 
never once in 20 years of being an adult did have I put up a Christmas tree and she wanted to do it and I said let's do it we put up a Christmas tree we went to America's thrift store and bought a shitload of, uh, of just mixed bags of ornaments went to Walmart bought a bunch of lights a bunch of tent I'd have just said here you pick it out I'll pay for it whatever it needs to be I don't know how you do this whatever came back to the house put on a movie burned incense had gin and tonics had a bite to eat put the tree up in the end it looks pretty damn cool even got the little you know the the wax burners it smells like all Christmassy and stuff and it was really 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 nice and I cannot believe I'm saying that and I can't believe that it is going down this way and I'm loving it and so many people are like bro what in the world is going on with you and uh, hey, I don't know. What can you say? You're only 38 and a half years old, once, and um, it was the best Thanksgiving I've ever had. And there's not even a close second. On the way out here with more Alice's Restaurant, I'll let it play out for a few minutes. And coming up next, I got banned from Twitter for about 12 hours, and Bill Maher is going after the comic book dorks. And I thought it was hilarious. I'll get to both those two. Coming up next, happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays, happy Christmas, happy New Year, happy birthday, when it's your birthday. I love you. Be right back. Hang tight. One and Warren stuff, you gotta sing loud. You could put a lot. I've been singing the song now for 25 minutes. I could sing it for another 25 minutes. I'm not proud <laughs> or tired. So we'll wait till it comes around again. This time with four-part harmony and feeling. We're just waiting for it to come around is what we're doing. All right now. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Accepting Alice. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Say, walk right in, it's around the back. Just a half a mile from the railroad track. And you can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Da -da 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 -da. At Alice's Restaurant. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At host of Real Time with Bill Maher is getting a lot of backlash for blaming the late Stan Lee for the rise of Donald Trump. Yep, seriously. Now, uh, Bill doesn't say this on his show, but he writes it on his blog. He says, someone on Reddit posted, I'm so incredibly grateful I live in a world that included Stan Lee. Uh, personally, I'm grateful I live in a world that included oxygen and trees, but to each his own. Yeah, so Bill says he has nothing against comic books, but right. adults have now decided they don't need to give up kid stuff. Now, when adults are forced to do grown-up things like buy auto insurance, they call it adulting and act like it's some giant struggle. I don't think it's a huge stretch to suggest that Donald Trump could only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important. That's a huge leap. There used to be a gray and tower alone Ever notice how comic book movies always have the worst, stupidest, sappiest songs that go to number one? I mean, I'm just saying. What, what, which Batman was this? Batman 5? Was it Batman 16? Hey, look, another Batman movie. I wonder what happens. I wonder what happens in the Batman movie. Whoa, there's Spider-Man. What does he do? Does he... Does he sling from building to building like a spider? And does he save the pretty girl? Oh, I can't believe he did it again! Amazing! So stupid. Um, I'm gonna get into that here in a minute. I get that what Stan Lee did, and this is not about Stan Lee, this is about uh, Bill Maher trolling comic book types. Pleasure, my pain. Baby, to me, I'm not a grown addiction that I can't survive. 
So I got some clips I'm going to play from some uh, nerds, I mean, people on, um, with YouTube channels who are just losing their shit because of uh, Bill Maher saying that basically they're children. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about how my Twitter activity went down over the Thanksgiving weekend. On that, let's see, it would have been probably Saturday. Saturday that I woke up um, by myself, and a lot of times I wake up especially on the weekends and grab my phone and just do a quick scroll through all the social media, see what's up. And every now and again, I'll get on Twitter and just go on a tirade for a good 10, 15 minutes, see a few things, respond to them, put it down, don't come back again till maybe even a day later. Maybe not even till I get back to work on Monday because I talk about how I keep Twitter scrolling all the time. That is mostly true. Not as much, not nearly as much on the weekend. So this Saturday I woke up and responded to the uh, to these, and I'll, I'll just read them verbatim as I, I've printed them out. So The Hill tweets, Viewers accuse a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving of racism over treatment of only black character. I won't spend time going into what this nonsense was about. You can go look at it if you didn't see it. It was just that absolute nonsense. So I re I mentioned tweeted to it in response. Dumb asshole shit like this, fake outrage, is why dumb asshole Trump is president of the United States. STFU numbnuts. The next one, within just the next few minutes, a tweet from the NRA. Four simple words. What part of shall not be infringed do you not understand? I respond, uh, mentioned, tweeted, nobody is taking your goddamn guns, you fucking delusional, obsessive, compulsive maniacs. That was the third one. A few minutes later, a retweet of a video of the president saying, being president has cost me a fortune. I retweet, retweeted with the uh, with the comment, then quit, asshole. You're supposedly a great businessman. Remember that line of shit everybody fed when justifying supporting this maniacal demagogue? Hashtag M-A-G-A, America used to be great. And then the final one of this run of tweets this morning or that morning on Saturday I just read what Bill Maher said about adults and comic books. It's exactly why I love the man and couldn't agree more. Comic books are designed for children, and comic book movies are fucking stupid. <laughs> so if you don't follow on Twitter and you don't care about Twitter, now you see the uh, the, the, the kind of um, approach that I have. A few minutes later, I get a, uh, a, I guess it was through my direct message or something, but it, it's, it's a, a, a notice from Twitter that says, we've temporarily limited your account features. At Stone On Air, what happened? Creating a safer environment for people to freely express themselves is critical to the Twitter community. So if behavior that may violate Twitter rules is detected, account features become limited. We detected some potentially abusive behavior from your account. Your account will be restored to full functionality in 11 hours and 59 minutes. And I guess it was just because I had, you know, algorithms picked up that I used a lot of profanity in a very short window of time. And I got temporarily somewhat um, um, banned from Twitter for half the day, but I wasn't going to go back on Twitter that day. Anyway, so leading to the uh, Bill Maher thing from last week, this is from his blog post. Uh, from his uh, real-time show. He didn't do it on the show. He just did it on the uh, on his uh, blog. I'll just read it verbatim, and then I'll play a few of these clips from some of these dorks. I mean, excuse me, uh, these YouTube channels um, from uh, YouTube, and then I'll wrap up this week's show. The guy who created Spider-Man and the Hulk has died, and America is in mourning. Deep, deep mourning for a man who inspired millions to, oh, I don't know, watch a movie, I guess. Someone on Reddit posted, I'm so incredibly grateful I lived in a world that included Stan Lee. Personally, I'm grateful I lived in a world that included oxygen and trees, but to each his own. Now, I have nothing against comic books. I, re I read them now and then when I was a kid and I was out of Hardy Boys books. But the assumption everyone had back then 
both the adults and the kids, was that comics were for kids, and when you grew up, you moved on to big boy books without the pictures. But then 20 years ago or so, something happened. Adults decided they didn't have to give up kid stuff, and so they pretended comic books were actually sophisticated literature. And because America has over 4,500 colleges, which means we need more professors than we have smart people, some dumb people got to be professors by writing these with titles like Otherness and the Heterodoxy in the Silver Surfer. And now when adults are forced to do grown-up things like buy auto insurance, they call it adulting and act like it's some kind of giant struggle. I'm not saying we're necessarily gotten stupider. The average Joe is smarter in a lot of ways than he was in, say, oh, I don't know, 1940s, when a big night out was a Three Stooges short and a Carmen Miranda musical. The problem is we're using our smarts on stupid stuff. I don't think it's a huge stretch to suggest that Donald Trump could only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important. I mean, call me a biased dickhead if you want, but I don't think what he's saying is all that outrageous. I don't think it's all that uh, just, just you know, clickbaitish. I think there's a little bit of truth to a lot of that. And uh, I wouldn't have ever put a whole lot of thought into it had he not said it, but that's the kind of things Bill Maher does. Let's go to the internet now. I found this. Uh, they didn't ever give their names, and it wasn't in the credits, or I would give it. But the first three, and I'll, I'll, I'll give as much attribution as I have here, um, is from a, uh, a YouTube channel called Double Toasted. Double Toasted is the name of it. They have 35,000 views on a couple of these videos here and 100, uh, what is that? 115,000 subscribers. So they have, uh, they definitely have an audience and they weren't happy with Mr. Bill Maher. This is the first one from Double Toasted. Up. And don't, and don't, and don't talk down right. about something that you know nothing about. You just proved everybody's point. When you said, I don't read comics. So you have just said you don't know what you were talking about. The smartest motherfucker in the room admitted <laughs> that I don't know what I'm talking about. And you don't even realize it. Look, you don't have to like comics. You don't have to be a nerd to defend comics. All you have to do is sit back and make an educated comment about what they really are. And if your dumbass had actually went on the Internet <laughs> instead of writing this fucking blog and done some research... We're about the shit. thing that you want to talk shit about, you would actually come in <laughs> and understand that everything you said is completely, <laughs> absolutely fucking wrong. <laughs> so that was one of the hosts. There's several different rotating hosts from this uh, double-toasted YouTube channel. This is another one of the hosts of, uh, of these shows. I don't know why someone as intelligent as Bill Maher would say something so fucking juvenile and asinine to me. You know, it's I don't know if you're trying to, like, you know, uh, garner some attention just because you're edgy or you just want attention. But no one cares. We're all cool, man. You know, oh, unless okay. you like Batman versus Superman, then you're a fucking loser. You know, but <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So that was another host. This is one of the guests they had on via Skype. So. It doesn't sound quite as good, but it's not terrible quality. And this guy actually makes a little bit of sense. Of course. And, and if I could just add quickly too, people, people aren't mourning the guy who made Spider-Man. Sure. They are. Okay. Cause that's like a monumental thing. They're, 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 they're fetishizing everything that he made and that's wonderful. But what they're also mourning is a guy who took a platform and wrote allegorical stories about fucking racism, who, who had a platform and did good with it and i think that's the point man like it, it's like you're you're looking at a person who we see people uh, attain success and then don't do anything with the platform that they have or the power that they have right but like with great power comes great responsibility and he lived that he didn't just fucking say it he lived that shit and i think that that's like monumental um and that's what people are actually mourning so anyway that's my that's my soapbox moment i'm sorry i just no, no, like i love bill maher yeah. but god damn it boy that was fucking awful and it was it was so like short-sighted and obtuse and and it makes us all look bad i actually i started watching this this like 30 minute show because mainly because of that comment right there it kind of comes all the way back to what i was talking about at the beginning of the show um that he has a platform stanley had a platform and a lot of people think think he did really really important 
things with that platform, and so therefore he was beloved for that. That goes all the way back to talking about the WTC thing and the people who are in broadcast positions, especially talking more specifically in this town, like Leslie Dale, who half-asses everything she touches, and so many other people in this town. You have a powerful platform, and you're not using it properly. So I actually liked what that guy was talking about, and I listened to most all of that uh, segment because he actually made a lot of sense. All right, this is the last cut I have from the YouTubers. This guy is at Mundane Matt, at Mundane Matt, if you want to find him on any social media. He's kind of responding to why do people get into comics? Why is this something that is so important to them? And it's it's an escape, uh, basically. Because they like the escapism. It has nothing to do with that they're spending their smarts on stupid stuff or that comic books aren't sophisticated literature. It's just pure escapism. And when we live in a world that is constantly threatened with, with uh, shootings and violence and fires and earthquakes and natural disasters and, 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 and 24-7 political commentary and, and just the rhetoric of social media and all of this nonsense, we like to enjoy the simple things. And yes, there's the meme that, oh, I had adulting to do today. Nobody wants to be an adult by nature. Nobody wants to sit there and do these things, work a nine to five job in a cubicle, you know, because they get off on it. No one does that. Well, I'm sure there's one guy and that's Bob from accounting and he's a weirdo and we never talked to him. Point is, is that people make jokes about it as a way to just cope with the fact that they realize that their lives are this routine. They're hamsters on a wheel doing the same thing day in and day out. And so they take joy and they take solace in these stories, these stories that speak to them that speak to their greater need for adventure to many people now we've already explored the earth there are no great lands left to conquer there are no jungles left to explore there are no great discoveries left to find that of course is not true but to many people out there that's kind of how they view life comic books video games television movies it gives them an escape that guy is a perfect mix of a guy making sense but making excuses for absolute losers, right? Nobody wants to adult. No, actually, a lot of us really do like adulting, as I, I don't really love the term. I don't hate it either. It's fine. You want to use it, use it. But being an adult is more fun, really, in most ways, than being a kid. Now, I guess in you can look at it from either way. Being a kid and the innocence of it and not having a care in the world is technically more fun, but that's only a small portion of your life. So... I think I think kind of that guy right there might have been where where Bill Maher was kind of coming from. We got a bunch of people who don't really care about anything that matters. They're just sitting around living in fantasy land, playing video games, watching stupid movies, uh, you know, reading comic books, and not paying attention to what's going on around them. And I don't disagree with Bill Maher at all. I like escapism too. I like things to be able to get away from it all too. But I don't let it control my life, and I see that more times than not, at least from a, from a peripheral vision anyway. This is Bill Maher, uh, real quick, less than a minute on with Larry King, and then we'll put the wraps on it. Bill, I, I got to bring this up, and you got in a little controversy over this. When Stan Lee died, you, well, you weren't criticizing him. You were criticizing the Marvel, the comic book concept, right? Of course. Why did people get mad at you? First of all, I just found out about this. I'm you so just found I'm, out that people got mad. Yeah, I'm. I'm so glad that I don't follow social media like that. Every stupid thing they that had people to tell me today about lose so their right. shit about. Yes, but talk about making my point for me. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know very much about Stan Lee, and it certainly wasn't a swipe at Stan Lee. It was. You don't like him. He's a nice guy. He was yeah, of course, nice fine. I, I'm agnostic on Stan Lee. <laughs> I, I don't read comic books. I didn't even read them when I was a child. Uh, what I was saying is a culture that thinks that comic books and comic book movies are profound meditations on the human condition <laughs> is a dumb f***ing culture. And for people to like get mad at that just proves my point. I couldn't agree more. And I'm not mad about it. And I don't, I would, again, as I mentioned before, I'd never make, Meant waste any amount of time talking about it had Bill Maher not already done it and then stirred up the internet. But I can't tell you how freaking ridiculously stupid I have thought these comic book movies have been since I was about 15 years old. I went and saw Batman, the Michael Keaton one. I think that was the first one. 
And I saw that in the theater, and the only reason I remember it well is because it was PG-13, and I wasn't 13 yet. So it was either 90, 91, or 92, or 89, I don't know. And I thought it was so cool, Batman, oh my God, and Joker, oh, burned his face off, oh my God. And then there's the next one with Danny DeVito as the Penguin, and I think I watched that, and like, ah, well, we're going to do this again. And then they did the the one in 95 that had Val Kilmer, and then there's George Clooney, and then there's, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? What, Batman 25, Batman 31, I mean, how many Batman movies do we need to make? That's just always been my thing. Spider-Man, oh my God. Captain America, holy shit. Oh my God, there's Wolverine and the Fantastic 15 and the and the Flash. Oh, wow, look at this. He runs fast. He ran fast again. Like, come on, come on. I mean, I, to me, it's just dullard entertainment. And I know people who are, are incredibly intelligent. IQs soaring off the page that are so much more intellectually intact than me who love this stuff. So I know it's not necessarily just for the dullards, but I look at it and think, is this the best we can do? Is this the best we got? Because this sucks. And that's where I came from. So when, you know, Bill Maher takes a swipe at him in the internet, goes all crazy i decided to do a segment on it and it, this one's gotten long on me so i'm gonna wrap it up right there hey yeah and remember and as i mentioned at the front end crappy songs are always the number one hits for the on the soundtrack of the stupid movies remember this dumb one hero from one of those spider-man movies chad kroger kruger whatever his name is from nickelback oh man this is so cool the nickelback guy sings the theme song for spider-man man count me in when do i get to see that Ugh. All right. Y'all take care. We'll do it again next week. And um, probably take the last couple weeks of uh, December off and get ready for a, uh, <clears throat> not a reboot into January, but some new stuff. So probably two shows into December and then uh, take two weeks off for uh, the end of the year. And actually, hey, look at me. I'm all Christmassy. I got a Christmas tree for crying out loud. That's the new me, baby. It's a new Brian. There'll be all kinds of new stuff coming up. I don't know about all that. Y'all have a great uh, first, last week of November. See it uh, at uh, Main Times 24, hopefully, and uh, we'll talk to you in the first Wednesday of December. See you later. Bye.